Hello. Yeah, it's recording and there's, you know, bars going. Okay, yeah, let's leave it. Okay, well, that, that's... Before we kind of get all distracted and start talking about interesting things, mm-hmm. I should introduce us and say welcome to Series 2 of Non-Neurotypical Art Students, first episode. Um, there are some changes this season, most obvious one being that I am not Niels Ottoman. Um, we've thought that maybe it would be nice to have some more different voices on the podcast and to have maybe people interview people with the same neurotype. Uh, so this is that the first expression of that experiment. Um, another change is that we're not just interviewing students. This time we're also interviewing staff members from the KBK. Um, and so today I have with me Michiel Schirman, who is a image teacher in the first year graphic design department. He is a graphic designer, um, a printer, a um, screen printer, a fabric designer, and I'm sure many other things. Um, so Michiel, hi. Yeah, hi, uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, um, and I'm your teacher, that's really fucking weird. This is a little bit weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like maybe because I'm a bit older, it's, it's maybe less weird. Yeah. We are the same yeah. generation, I think. Um, so, would you like to tell us um, about your neurotype? Okay. Uh, yeah. This, well, this is fairly new to me. I uh, just discovered this uh, summer that I, uh, I well, this summer I got diagnosed with ADHD, and uh, um, I'm I'm waiting for treatment. That that, that takes a while. Uh, I've, I've figured or I found out, um, and I'm uh, one of those people that when. I don't know something about it. I just don't know something about it. <laughs> I am not at all interested in searching the internet or what it means. I just uh, I know a few things about it because Rob is. Uh, I talked with Rob about this. Rob uh, from the first year. Yeah, Rob is my colleague. Uh, he's also ADHD. Um, so my knowledge is is very uh, limited, but I got diagnosed, so I know uh, I know what parts of me are um, yeah are ADHD, uh, and 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 I'm I'm really surp- I was really surprised this summer to find out that not every person in the world is wired like I am. <laughs> I re- honestly didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was interesting uh, to me is that I heard your podcast first. No, I knew Rob first, then I listened to your podcast, which is actually the two first people in my life that I kind of know talking about ADHD, because I've never, I've never, I've never, I don't, I know nothing about ADHD. I have it, but I know nothing. And then I heard Marika, who I, who I uh, taught in uh, like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, talk about it and then I had this you know I have you I have Rob and I have Marike and um, you you guys are so different and I'm also so different mm-hmm. that yeah that kind of get, got me into okay thinking about what it is and what it means such a common thing I think where you're suddenly like like when I was first diagnosed I didn't believe that I had it I thought I actually where was that it's nonsense um, and they said to me, oh, if you have it, it's, it's genetic normally, so someone in your family will have it. And I thought, my family's fine. There's uh-huh. nothing. But of course, suddenly I realised, have, I have one uncle we call Boring Uncle Mike. 
<laughs> yeah, boring Uncle Mike. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's the one with the proper job and the money and everything. He has to take care of all his chaotic sisters and their useless kids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were supposed to go on holiday that he was paying for for all of us for our grandma's birthday. Uh-huh. And the only thing we had to do was to arrive at the airport in time which of course was completely impossible and every single one of us messed it up oh, really? in a different way. Yeah, <laughs> And just, I remember thinking, oh, boring Uncle Mike, he's going to lose his shit over this. You're like, oh, right. It was like a lightning bolt. Like, oh yeah, we all have ADHD and, and it's not normal that we can't arrive are to ever. Are you diagnosed? Your whole family's diagnosed? Now we are. Oh, really? So it was, I was the first. Okay. So you were, so how were people reacting? How was your family reacting? Uh, same with me actually in the beginning was was resistance yeah um kind of like everything's fine but we i think another thing you often notice with adhd people is that often people around you have it so it's so the behavior is normalized well yeah for me it's so fresh that i kind of feel like the first one but i you know i recognize so many people around I've, I've you know I've, I've gathered friends around me who you know everybody has it yeah. <laughs> it's so that. clear to see all of a sudden that's yeah. also maybe why I was so surprised that not everybody's wired like this you surround you with people you come out of maybe out of a family that that has people in it I'm not I don't know if my mother will listen to this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> you, I guess. you know um, so you're surrounded with people with ADHD I guess and then, so th- th- that's maybe what, what, why it was such a surprise that I found out that not everybody is like this. Yeah, so how long ago was it that you were diagnosed? A uh, half year ago. Half year, okay. Yeah. So it's so new, wow. I actually thought, I, I went to the, to the doctor with some mild depression, uh, you know, depression things. This was before COVID. Mm. Um, and a sort of a, a behavioral uh, patterns that some people in my, uh, around me said, maybe Michiel, maybe you are you are, you are in the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, okay, that, that could be the case. So I went to the doctor and also the, the or the what do you call um, psychiatrist, oh, yeah, psychiatrist, yes, yeah. yeah, oh, psychologist, oh yeah, psychologist, yes, uh, and they were also really like, oh yeah, you might be in the. I scored super high in the autism mm-hmm. uh, chart. And they were like, okay, we'll give you, you know, we'll find out what's happening here. And then it turned out that my autism behavior is really a behavior. It's a coping mechanism for my ADHD. ADHD, Of course, right, right. um, Because that's interesting to say, because I, when I was thinking about your work Mm -hmm. um, and you have like this real precision in what you do, like if you want to be a screen printer, you need to be a precise, neat person. But also, I've seen your work and I've heard you talk about it as very logical and that you have these kind of deep obsessions and things like that, which which sounds kind of very ADHD from the hyper-focus angle, but also yeah. could also sound autism-esque. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, it also took the psychologist a while to figure out, hey, this is what's really going on. So yeah, it's a coping mechanism uh, kind of a thing. So I, uh, and then you 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 know you 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 hear that you have ADHD, and then all all everything makes so much more sense. <laughs> like oh my god, like wow, and uh, that's you 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 kind of got me in the middle of being 
just over the frustration or anger phase mm -hmm. in my cope in, in you know dealing with yeah, this yeah. Uh, diagnosis because I you know I'm, I was joking I did I did started looking at things on the internet about ADHD of course and then I read a sort of a typical biography of, of somebody of a patient mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, every fucking thing that's on this list, <laughs> it's me. I've lost a house. I've created, you know, debts. Yeah. I have been really bad at school. I'm drinking, mm -hmm. blowing, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, smoking weed, all these kind of things. Like it was, it was the biography of my life. And then I was, and that, that really shocked me. Like uh, to know that, that it is such a, that something that I didn't know I have had such a strong influence on my life that is really really weird yeah I, I really think that's a common especially if you're diagnosed later in life i guess mm. people around our age i'm in my mid 40s i guess you're kind of i'm 47 47 okay yeah. you're the elder statesman here but um <laughs> we um we were normally not diagnosed when we were young because it wasn't a thing it when we were kids exist. yeah it yeah. simply didn't exist um so we often have that extra thing of having had a life that would have been different maybe if we'd known to look back on. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it makes me wonder if it, it, it was actually a point, this is a bit negative maybe, but there was a point like, I, I was super ambitious when I was at school. I wanted to do maths and physics. I'm really into that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've obviously fucked it up. And I ended up on, on, uh, on art school and, and I kind of feel that that is really what happened, that I ended up on art school. Like, is that, is that, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I really love my profession and I love being in art school, but, you know, is that all that is, that I could, would be capable of, you know? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, I was listening to um, this really great guy, actually, Rob put, him, put me onto him, his name's Dr. Russell Barkley, mm -hmm. and he said um, that one of the problems with ADHD is your, as an inability to aim your behaviour towards the future. Yeah. And that to me makes perfect sense. I don't think I, when I was younger, I don't think I made a conscious decision about anything. Stuff happened and I reacted to it. Yes. Um, and the idea that you would have like a five-year plan or something, I, I found that hilarious. Just. I have it now, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. I, I have to be, I really recognise it. I also, I always, I always had the feeling in my life that I was behind on everything. Yeah. Like I was, I was a very slow uh, a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer in, in, in everything, and I was always behind, running behind what was supposed, what I was supposed to be, at at a certain age. And uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, I recognize that. And and do you recognize it also in your family? I think we covered that because I remember seeing something, some like stuff that your dad had done in the house, like these beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, like these beautiful kind of architectural details he'd made in the house with his own hands and stuff and it, they seem so like beautifully unique and odd and that yeah. made me wonder like I don't know I don't think that I think that strangely enough his part of the family is the, <laughs> the normal the, the boring Uncle Mike guy <laughs> yeah even though they're very artistic but um, they they, uh, they seem to be the, the more yeah the more um people that you would see on the street every day. It's more <laughs> my mom or mother's yeah. half that is batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so you talk about kind of um, 
school and mm-hmm. I, I think having difficulty in school is very a common experience for people with ADHD or, or non-neurotypical people generally um, and I, I know from myself that my experiences there completely influenced my personality massively mm-hmm. in terms of kind of confidence and how I feel about myself and I wondered if it was the same for you yeah absolutely I I I uh, I, I really, really hated school. <laughs> and art academy, I could kind of stomach. Yeah. That is that is how, that is that is my school career. And somehow I pulled through, doing Fabio, which is this, which is the the, the the upper part of what you can learn. I guess. Like this, like the top yeah, stream of Dutch. Yeah. School. So it, it's a it's a mild miracle. <laughs> Or big miracle even, uh, but I hated ev- like every since I was like fourteen. I hated every part about it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and it, it actually never changed. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, which is makes it interesting for me to be a teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to ask you about how you think this might have influenced your teaching later. Um, I was I was wondering as well about. Um, Growing up in the Netherlands with that sort of, you know, domachvo nonsense, uh-huh. where sort of being unusual or different is maybe it's not quite so it's not quite so netters, you know. I, I feel like in the UK, being weird is it's a thing. It's fine. It's acceptable. Yeah, but don't forget in Amsterdam it, it, uh, in the nineties, being That's weird true. was really a thing. That's true. Amsterdam <laughs> in the nineties, maybe it's not the same as the Netherlands like, as well. I had a yeah, perfect time in the nineties because everybody was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. And I think Amsterdam itself, from from what I can see of what remains of that period, mm-hmm. really had a, a place to sort of foster that. So with the squatting scene and all yeah. the social centres and. That that to me is like an ADHD person. I, I grew up in a in a in an area that was heavily punk influenced. Yeah. So I was really as a small kid, I was really used at seeing outrageous hairdos, people <laughs> behaving. Uh, it was also in the middle of the the drug junkie scene. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So people screaming naked on street was <laughs> and, you know that's an everyday thing. Yeah, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. I love it. <laughs> So uh, actually, uh, Amsterdam has been been like a sort of a, a warm bath yeah. for for people. <laughs> I, I I guess it would be really worse if I was in a, in a in a small uh, yeah. smaller community. I yeah. Don't know. yeah, it must be really different. Yeah, I have a really yeah. close friend who's from a tiny uh, little dorp in the Achterhoek or something, and he was he just had the worst time because yeah, everybody okay. was so ordered and, and neat and behaved like he just yeah he really struggled i think and then immediately moved to amsterdam i was like <sighs> yeah maybe that also is this part why i don't feel so insecure about myself i've mm-hmm. never i've never had that that i've never really had that feeling that i didn't belong or mm-hmm. Uh, I was just really mad at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, and you, so you went, you found yourself, you say, in art school, and you went originally to the KBK and then transferred to the well, retail. Find myself is a big word, but okay. uh, I, I, that was, that was because also my friends. I had a, a huge friends group, and everybody was going all of a sudden to art academy. Mm. So I thought, like, if they can do it, I can do it. 
and uh, and and I met some some fantastic people along the way, and then people just dragged me through art school. <laughs> I had good friends that dragged me through art school and make sure that I was pooped out uh, <laughs> after four years with a diploma, and that's it. And what do you mean by that? They dragged you through. Um, I have I have a, a very close friend who is a, a designer also. And she made sure that I didn't lose the beat at the moments that I shouldn't lose the beat. Like she was always there to push me, whether it was a form that I had to fill out. Mm -hmm. You know, Michiel, you have to fill this format <laughs> because we're going to the Rietveld. Okay. okay <laughs> Michiel, you're up for, you know, tomorrow you have to bring your stuff at the Rietveld because they they want to see your stuff before they can admit you oh that's good that you remind me <laughs> oh wow that's amazing yeah so i had people that took care of me yeah you had a neurotypical guide <laughs> i uh, yeah i have uh, some very uh, i have I, I'm, I'm blessed with uh, really good friends that somehow always made sure that i was at the right spot it's, it's funny you say that because something i've really noticed not about all people with adhd but a lot is that we often have the ability to make very very close friendships and to understand and connect with other people in quite a deep way yeah i really noticed that i think it's one of the most positive parts of it for me anyway do you think it has to do with sincerity because i i i have friends who are so everybody around me is always telling the truth and hmm. uh, i i wonder yes because it took me years years to realize that most people can kind of plan and strategize about what they're going to say and how they're going to appear to other people. Yeah. And it, it blew my mind that such a thing is possible. I, I can only yeah. I can only be who I am and say what I think. I, I don't know how to hold back or to try and appear a way that I'm not. I don't have that kind of control over myself. Yeah. Um, well, I have, I, have, I, have two I, I, make a, uh, I have two groups of people. Mm -hmm. People who are like me. I don't think it's all. It's it's, it's only ADHD people, sure, but people yeah. who are like me. I'm really sincere and I, I have no trouble opening up. Yeah. And people who are not like me, I have this mechanism that I've learned, you know, all throughout the years to behave like. <laughs> <laughs> Could you share that? That would be great. I would love to. Know. Well, that's that is di different between you and me. I sometimes think yeah. like you. You you are. You are, I, 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 have, I have a big shield. Mm. Like I feel that I've all, I'm always behind the shield and you seem to be much more relaxed and... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to put a shield up. I, I wish I did sometimes, especially in a professional life. Yeah. It's kind of, I have to be really um, careful about yeah. where I work and who I work with because I'm, I'm not good at, uh, or not, I'm not even not good at, I don't find it possible to, to to pipe down or behave or I don't understand what's supposed to be required I just me I don't know how to be anybody else yeah um, yeah I, when I'm with those kind of people I, I can be I can lie my ass up oh man that's such a great skill <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> but it's very tiring yeah oh god god yeah. it's so tiring um, but yeah I, I do I do feel like the ability to make friends and to have connections to be open but also to be 
extremely interested in other people and other things. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember the first time I think I had a pr- like proper conversation with you was about a mutual... Pinball. Pinball, pinball, mutual ex- obsession about pinball. And someone obviously had told you that I also like pinball and you came over to me and said, so, I understand you like pinball. And it was this, my experience with it was this weird thing where you're like, yeah, I like pinball. And I'm seeing, okay, what level of insane obsession is this person at? <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. so do you know about these games? Yeah, okay. And do you know the designers of those games? Oh, you do? Okay, nice. And what about other pinball nerds? You know them? You do? Okay, yeah, yeah, you read yeah. pinball magazines? Check, check, you, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> and it was this moment, I felt like the brain's kind of meshing like that, like on, on an obsession. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like somebody, something waking up going, oh, hello. Uh-huh. Ah, okay, yeah. let's talk about this obsessive thing. Um, and uh, I also find that as extremely valuable for kind of, yeah, making connections with people and, and, and that the, the are things that drag you through, I guess. So the same with the friends that you had. I guess, it, I guess you're right. I think that, that yeah, maybe I'm, I'm blessed to be able to make friendships. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. At the same time, I'm really bad with my friends. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I kind of, I mean... Uh, that's what I uh, like, kind of like about Rob also. He doesn't care if I just don't call him for half a year. Yeah, right. And then I call him and I'm, the, you know, he no- understands that I will behave exactly like yeah. as if I've met him yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. other people don't, they don't, they don't like that. Yeah. Like, why are you calling in six months? <laughs> you know? I, I, I actually have, this is, this is going to sound a bit weird, but this is how I manage it. I have like a, a, a friendship wheel. Uh-huh. It's like a little graph in, done in circles. And in the middle are the people that I need to, want to talk to a lot. Uh-huh. And then, then there's like every week and then there's every two weeks and every month and it. Because otherwise I'm going to forget them. That is, that's amazing. And so then I just send a message like, hey, oh, it's week two. I need to speak to Renata. Send her a message. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm going to copy this. Yeah, well, God, I forget they exist otherwise. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Really, really helpful. This. I, I will show you my wheel. It, wow. It, it's uh, a, <laughs> yeah. But it, it kind of revolutionized my life. And I noticed I was seeing my mum, who she has ADD, so she doesn't have quite the drive that people oh, yeah. with H have. But she, people really like her, and she's terrible at making friends with people because she forgets. She doesn't know what's going on, um, and it caused her a lot of pain in her life. And I thought I don't want to be like that. I yeah, want to yeah, be yeah, like. Yeah, I want to yeah, make yeah. sure that this is probably the most important thing to me of anything. So I'm going to put the work in like it was my job. Oh wow! Um, mm. And it's been, <clears throat> and it's been really beneficial. I've been doing it for years now, and it, it it works for sure. I don't know. I'm I'm I I am a bad. I have super good friends. I am a bad friend. <laughs> well, a bad friend. I don't know if that's the way of describing it. You, if if they need if they needed you, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. But you know, when do you need somebody? <laughs> I need people all the time. <laughs> Help me, please. <laughs> um, so I guess we touched on it briefly, but it'd be good to talk about it more. It's still, of course, early for you. But do you have an understanding of how the, your ADHD has affected your work and the kind of work you do and your process? Um, yeah, because it's it's one long run of hyper focus. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the, the the one of the things that I'm I'm uh, now now in trouble with with my work is not 
uh, the work itself because that is fine that's going okay but how do I explain myself to other people mm -hmm. that is something that I've been having of course having big difficulties with because the people on the other end of the table they are mostly not ADHD uh, and so I have to I, I had to come up with some sort of a persona mm -hmm. that makes it for them palpable or easy to digest whatever it is that I'm doing. So for a few years, I've been playing sort of the artist character. <laughs> like, oh, there's Michiel, this wonderful character, you know, this wonderful artist with a beautiful mind that we just don't understand. But whatever, he is, whatever it is he's thinking or talking about, it must be okay. And I grew so fucking tired of it. So now I'm I'm different now. I've, I've changed this attitude because I know I have ADHD now. Wow. I just I now have a like it or lump it attitude. Oh, <laughs> like, <I'm> yeah, <laughs> it's very liberated. Like this is my this is my thing. You can ask questions, but if if it if it's not what you're liking, I'm out of the door. And and, and do you find people respond well to it? Yeah, they yeah. respond really well. Because it's management it is management talk. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like as well in life, apologizing for yourself oh, is the worst it's... possible thing that you can do. It, it's so much more powerful to be like, hello, this is who I am. Yeah. And uh, by the way, fuck you if you don't like it. Exactly. Like I've, that, that is the, the most beneficial uh, 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 until now has been me realizing I was apologizing for everything yeah. or playing something. Yeah. And now it's just, I also don't have the feeling I have to explain that I have ADHD, not no. at all, it's fuck you. Yeah. yeah, it's irrelevant and um, you pay me to be the expert, here's my expertise, yeah. you can like it or I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. Well, I wonder then if, the, if what you used to do, the apologizing, the shielding, mm -hmm. that's a response to, that's because I recognize that, but I, I think that that is a response to how I, when school went for me exactly that you know that's exactly the you're that, that's the you're hitting the the, the nail on the head yes yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, yeah fully 100 percent agree yeah. that's what school uh, has learned me to be apologetic about every behavior i have that is not in uh, in compliance with um with what's expected of me yeah and yeah. i think it, it takes for me, that's the most important work you can do as an ADHD person, especially one diagnosed later, is to realise that this sort of toxic lack of self-esteem that permeates every part of your yeah. life, which I think comes from school, certainly in my case. Um, and I think that that is also something that affects a lot of people with different neuro yeah, uh, yeah. types. Everybody's apologetic about... Um, about these things and it's stupid yeah, yeah. I mean it's not, I'm not saying these people are stupid but it's it's stupid that we that schools or society is not you know uh, more relaxed to, to us or yeah, yeah. But, but also it's the fact that you can just take ownership of it if, if you decide be like hello this is who I am yeah. there's others uh, other people are available um, that, that I know it took me 30 years and I still don't get it, do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, for me it's a new effect, but it will wear off, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's a new thing. It will wear off and I, I will go back to being apologetic somewhere in the future and I think that this is a wave 
yeah. kind of an exercise. Because it's because um, you're at the beginning of this um, journey, and you, as you said, you haven't yet had got to the top of the waitlist for treatment. Mm-hmm. But I know in this country that the the treatment for adult ADHD seems amazing compared to what I'm used to. Okay. Um, and I know that you have you can get these ADHD coaches. I'm starting with one on Tuesday. I'm very excited. Um, who and one of the things that they can do is you can say I've come to this realization about apologizing for myself, and I'm scared I'm going to forget it. Yeah. Can you? That's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you help me remember? And they say yes, because that's their job. That's a really good uh, Matty. Oh, <laughs> I had one years ago. I had a picture of my people beating me with sticks. Yeah. You, don't you dare apologize. <laughs> In a wide room. <laughs> yeah, and then you pay them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for my 30 minutes of stick beating. <laughs> it, 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 it's, yeah, it's It'd be good for my neck though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually people often with a bad posture from their hyperfocus. <laughs> and you say that your hyperfocus has a lot of um, influence on your work, which I think is obvious from looking at it. Do you have control over that hyperfocus? Can you be like, right now I'm going to hyperfocus, or does it yeah, is it harder to get hold of? No, 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 no. It's actually really, uh, it's really my profession to put on the on the on the, the switch. But that's, I think that that's something you, you as students will find out that it's not that hard to put on the switch. I don't know. I, I find it pretty hard to put on the switch. Yeah, but you're in the first year. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Why, why would that make a difference, you think? Sorry? Why would that make a difference? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, because you still have to learn. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, 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 uh, I've, I've been doing this now for uh, 10 plus years, five, 15 years or something like that. So now it's it's my work. Yeah. I put on the switch. Mm-hmm. Like I go sit down, and even if I don't want to do it, I just sit down, have a cup of coffee, put on the switch, and just go. Yeah. And then the, the hyper focus comes when, when I really enjoying it. But even if I'm not enjoying it, I can still tap into this, you know, 15 years of experience where you are like, okay, let's get it over with, and yeah, let's yeah. Ju- let's just do this. Because uh, don't get me wrong, the things that I make, they're uh, the. Only 20 or 30% is me really getting into it. And the rest is just a byproduct of getting into something from the past. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've, I've built a sort of a library of things that I can do. And when I'm not feeling it, I'm just taking from that library. Right. Yeah, so you can yeah. call on that old yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also I've, I've seen you talk about, as I said, and I've seen in your work this extreme logicalness, this... There's maths and 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 yeah, extreme. I guess which also comes with the hyperfocus. Can you can you talk more about that? Yeah, I um, um, when I'm in a in a good state, like maybe the weather today, as you can as you can see on the podcast, I live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have a, a lot of light in my room always, and uh, I really like light. So, I, for instance, I have a little prism over there that's making this rainbow on the. Yeah. Thing. These are the things that inspire me, and so I'm just, just I can just look at these things for uh, you know a few minutes, and then I'm like, why is this green that color? And then I'm going to s- search on the internet why that green is like that, and then I, I, f- you know, as as it is, you f- you f- uh, f- uh, start falling into these uh, endless uh, um, uh, sources of information. 
And then that really inspires me. And then I'm like, okay, I want to use this green for my next project, <laughs> right? So this is how it works. And then I'm just, and then I get really excited about it because I, then I know the same sort of thing that Rob does, like this, this getting into something, learning a lot about it, and then not as a scientist, but more, you know, more as a clown, <laughs> putting it together scientist into a project. Clown. <laughs> yeah, a scientist clown, <laughs> putting it together in a project. And I'm not, I've never, I've, I've learned to never tell these things to my client. So they're in there, they mm -hmm. don't know about it. I'm just telling them, this poster has roots on it because it's about roots and I want <laughs> to have it very colorful. And the date is, you know, it's 29th of June and that is ex exactly when the festival is. So everything is there. <laughs> everything you need. Well, that's interesting. So you don't talk to no, them about where it came from? No, never. How come? I've learned that uh, when I worked at Flisco at, the, the, mm -hmm. at uh, the factory where I made uh, um, textiles, I've learned that if you talk like that, they think you're an imbecile. Like they are really like, they are the people that I had to work with, the management, the sales department, the marketing department, all these departments, uh, R&D, uh, you know, every department, they just want to know facts or simplicity. Okay. And simplicity is, is, is you saying, hey, I made this in a circle because circles just really sell. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah, that works straight away, right? They don't have to know, I'm just, you know, I just came out of a, of a rabbit hole of 1400 years of <laughs> Islamic design. <laughs> Actually, that, that brings me to something I wanted to ask you. So you, you mentioned you used to work for Flisco. So you were working in a, I guess, like a nine to five environment. You went to work, yeah. right? You went in a, in, a, in a job and it's much more structured. And then later you become a, a again a um, freelance designer. You yeah. work alone, um, mm -hmm. and it's all self-directed. Do you notice a, a big difference in, yes. in that? Yes. Yeah, it's a very big. In uh, in Flisco, I was like a sort of exotic fish in an aquarium, <laughs> and people were not supposed to tap on the window because <laughs> we got disturbed. <laughs> and now I'm like uh, out in the world again, and I have to do everything on my own. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and the sales department and the R&D and uh, the management and, and, and do the you, CEO. <laughs> and, and do you find it, which would you prefer, which environment do you prefer? Uh, I would prefer, I'm, I'm missing, I'm kind of missing people, uh, I'm missing people around me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I, I will, I, I'm not so much colleagues, but uh, a team. Mm -hmm. Colleagues are, is different, colleagues are people that lunch together and talk about, you know, their day-to-day -day life. I'm not really interested in that. <laughs> I want to have a team of people that, that works together on something. Yeah, and you can talk about your 16,000 hour Islamic art. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think, um, I don't know if this is an ADHD thing or not, actually. I suspect that it is, that that working with other people and being with other people and, and talking about your verbalizing ideas mm -hmm. um, and kind of bouncing off each other is something that is quite powerful I've noticed for a lot of ADHD people yeah it is I mean I, I that's this is why I have such a great time with you guys yeah yeah like if, if students tell me their ideas I, I, I have really a hard time sometimes to not you know also <laughs> shout in some stuff that I find that <laughs> <Yeah>. exciting <laughs> yeah I, I think that's something I love most about uh, being in art school and that I hate about the corona times 
is, oh, yeah. is the, the, the being around people talking about their works and yeah. watching their progression of, of um, over the semester, which we still do, of course, online, but it, it's not the same. It's absolutely not the same. Yeah. At the same time, uh, the corona times come with uh, concentration, I would say. Really? Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. I've actually noticed that uh, last year with your class, mm-hmm. uh, when the corona hit, uh, people were, were really ready to kick ass. Yeah. And to start making things that that's, uh, were going way above what, what is expected of them. So this was the, the first lockdown, yeah. so last year, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, your class from last year really opened my eyes. Uh, also, it taught me a lot about first year uh, level. Uh-huh. Like, I've, there, there were, there's a lot of work in general in the first years that are, all, you know, ready for the fourth year. Like, like really good, interesting works. It's in the nuances and the details, but it's, you know, it's, it, it, mostly it's in time. When, when people get a little bit more time, they can really polish it and then yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. really that treatment. But the, the, the heart of all these projects is, 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 a, is a, of a really high level. And, and with Corona came concentration, I would say. It also, it, I mean, it's f- really depressing for you guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't get me wrong, I'm, not, I'm really not happy with it. Sure. But um, it was interesting to see what happens when people feel the necessity or the, ur- the, the urge or the urgency to, to dive into the study and create something mm-hmm. instead of, you know, hanging out at school and... Uh, you know, drinking a cup of uh, a cup of beer. And I guess that kind of naturally leads us on to this idea of um, whether your diagnosis has changed anything for you as a teacher. Maybe when you look at some students you've had in the past, think, oh, okay, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Well, not it. It didn't change. Uh, well, when I came to school. Um, I was really hesitant. I wanted to be in school because I, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But I was also afraid, of course, because of my own uh, school history. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so one of the first things I said to myself, okay, I want to look out for the people who are like me. Yeah. So have an eye on, on the people. And, and I didn't know that that maybe has to do with ADHD, although there, I think that the range is broader than that. Yeah. So I want to look, uh, I, I, I took it to myself to look out for these people. And then now knowing that I have ADHD, I also, you know, recognize people immediately like, oh, oh, this is, and not maybe that they have ADHD, but I, I see the behavioral, uh, uh, the behaviors, and then I kind of know now like, oh, hmm. so this is how you are working. This is why I'm always asking you guys how you are working. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in what you're making. I yeah. just want to know how are you working <laughs> because then I can help you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested if you can make something beautiful. I just want to know how do you come with, how do you make these things? So then I can help you. But now with, with that being diagnosed, I can kind of see which people have trouble. Uh, and to be honest, it is hard. Even, with, even me as, a, as an ADHD person, if I see people who suffer from the same things, 
I have no answers yet, yeah. to be honest. There are really problems that I, that I really have to wrap my head around. Like, how can I help these people? Uh, some of these things are really difficult. We have, for instance, people that, that, that never turn in their projects. Mm -hmm. That can happen. That's one of this, these parts that I recognize yeah. because I also did that. Uh, well, that's that's an easy one, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. A harder one is uh, how, how do you deal with somebody that discards their ideas all the time? That I also did, you know? Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to make this. And then 10 seconds later, hey, I want to make this totally <laughs> different thing. Hey, I want to make... It is... A, I'm I'm really willing to to see that that is maybe a healthy process, but how do we, how can I help somebody who does that? Mm. That's a weird thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, I think something I definitely recognise is it's never a problem for me to come up with ideas. I have a gazillion no. of them every five years, yeah. so a problem to make them. If you could sell them, you would be oh, rich. God, I'd be so rich. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but I, I, it's difficult to, to choose one or to even to go deeply. And for me, I, I'll get obsessed with an idea mm -hmm. and then be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when that obsession, and then if something else appears interesting, yeah. I have to switch to that and the other yeah. one is gone. It's yeah, kind of um, it's something I find really difficult about the structure of any kind of schooling, where yeah. you're working on five or six different things simultaneously. Yeah, and you know what the weird thing is? If you are working, then these things are not a problem at all. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because I, when I was working at Flisco, I, I changed my concept like every other day. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I think I, I go with this one. And then I showed it and they were like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. I never had to explain anything. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had to, you know, in my work, I've never had to, to show and even if people said to me, like, Michiel, can you turn in some sketches for next week? I was like, yeah, I can turn in some sketches, but the week after that, it will be totally different. So what <laughs> yeah. do you want? <laughs> yeah. I can do it. And they were like, yeah, just do it. And then I did it. And they were like, you changed it. And I said, yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> I also noticed the thing, um, someone asked me once, um, I used lots of, colour in my work in the collective someone described it as an alarming use of colour. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I love it. I'm oh, gonna put that on my Yeah, it's gonna yeah. business card that. Alarming, <laughs> alarming use of colour. Um, um, <laughs> I don't know who said that, I wonder. Um but uh someone once asked me why? Why um, do you use so much so many colours? And I thought, God fuck, that's a really interesting question. Um, and for me it's because um my head is like a firework it's mm -hmm. display all the time. It's mm -hmm. incredibly intense and incredibly busy and loud and you know and brightly coloured. And when I look at the the when I look at the world, I want to express what's in my mind. It, it has bright colours. Like yeah. life has bright colours to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I kind of have the same uh, kind of uh, in, in your camp with this because I think that. I all, people say something, why do you always make these complicated things? That is something that I always hear, whereas everything's so complicated and loud. And I'm like, yeah, life is really complicated and loud. Right. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, to me, I'm just, you know, uh, and I'm not doing it on, people always also, also say, why do you make these psychedelic trippy things? I don't, I don't consider them psychedelic and trippy. I just think you're not looking really at what's out there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they are and it just looks different to them. Ah, shit, that would be... Oh, that would be... 
Then I ah, they would be terrible. Then I yeah, then I'm going to live on an island with oh, strictly ADHD. <laughs> Yeah, diagnosis on entry, please. (laughs) I think there might be some kind of problems with basic structural maintenance. (laughs) You know what? I really don't think so. Yeah. I think it it would thrive, this island. Because we have people like Rob. That's true. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob, there's something wrong with the irrigation system and no one can work out what it is. Boom! It's done and it's better than before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a well-being innovation. Yeah. Yeah. I always uh, I feel such envy when I see him and his, what his apparent control over his hyperfocus. Yeah. That that just seems extraordinary to me. I don't have that. Um, but he seems to be able to deploy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think that what's interesting about us three is that we are really three different parts on a triangle. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I don't have this... I don't have this focus on control like he has, but I have other... Um, I don't know about you, but this is something I wondered about. Like, are you always on time or not? No, I'm never on time. You're never on time. Yeah, yeah. I'm always on time. Well, I'm extremely early, like I was here 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah, so that's the, that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've tackled this, this, this part of my... So throughout my life, I've tackled all these small things. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for me to come late. Like, it is really impossible for me to be late somewhere. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not too early anymore. So somewhere I've tackled this. You got it. Yeah. yeah, I got it. I understand. But it's to a point where people think it's autism. <laughs> yeah. Right, so that's the shielding thing that yeah. you were talking about that makes you seem yeah. as if you're autistic. So, um, yeah. I, I, I was, I, it's inter- I would be interested to see what sort of behavioral... Uh, so what would you describe are your sort of coping mechanism? Or what, are, what sort of things do you use to deal with it? Well, it's different. When I was working, it was much easier because I had structure. I had to be at a place at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I had to do things like meetings, people to talk to, stuff to deliver. I had all these external kind of um, forces that were, were pushing me to get something done. So yeah. if I don't do this thing, there is this consequence. Yes. Um, and those consequences are enforced by others it's when you're working. Uh, I guess so. But more it's like, okay, I have this thing, I have to do it. And that wakes my brain up enough to actually get it done. Mm-hmm. Whereas in school, I don't think you have consequences in the same way. No. You obviously have the consequence that you're going to fail if you don't do the work. Yeah, but it's much more, we leave it to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and also it's my, if I fail, that's on me. It doesn't yeah, exactly. matter to you. Yeah, it's exactly. uh, it's my it's my consequence, and that that is extremely difficult. And I have not worked out a way to deal with that. To be perfectly honest, I do a lot of. Um, are we talking about deadlines strictly here, or are we also talking about other things? I think, in general, all things like I yeah, mean, just yeah. stupid shit like not remembering. It took me three weeks to take some library books back. I had them. Oh, by, yeah. I had them by the door. God, it was yeah. crazy, and you just. I was trying to explain, I thought, should I try and explain to the librarian that I have had these books for three weeks? No, don't do that, you'll sound like an imbecile. Oh, um, I've, I've once had them like four years oh or something. God, it's yeah. just, just sitting there. That is so recognisable, this. It's painful. And yeah. it seems minor, right? You're like, oh yeah, I forgot to take some library books back. But it's not, and I think it, it, it has, for me anyway, it has this effect of like self-esteem, where you're like, why can't you do this stupid basic thing that you know that you're supposed to be able to do? What is wrong with you? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. Now that would never happen to me ever again. I would. I must say. Also, things like opening envelopes and mails. I have zero unopened mails. I have zero unopened envelopes. Yeah. Everything is running. Yeah, yeah. Like. I have but it's exactly. a it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, uh, we have the. It was a, an ADHD coach told me, Ohio only handle it once. So it's like when it when the letter comes through the door, you open it, and there are these specific ways that you can deal with it. Yeah. I I used to let it pile up in the hallway until there was so much of it that I could put it in a bin bag yeah. which I would then do and throw yeah. it in the trash without opening it yeah and I got in like enormous financial trouble which was completely unnecessary Same yeah because I couldn't open I a flipping letter <gasps> or a student room let's not be yeah. too yeah. let's not be too dramatic but I lost a student room full of furniture because of this yeah i i i lost my i had a i have a lock-up garage in england where i had with all my shit in it and i just forgot i forgot to pay for it like i've had it for 15 oh, years oh and i just for some reason it like paying for the garage dropped out of my mind i think because i'm yeah, when I, I moved here and the different bank yeah. so i lost it and it's got everything that i <laughs> own in it yeah. Um, and, uh, the thing is that you probably forget, forgot what is in there anyway. It's amazing. The, the forgetting, so you have also the, the like deep forgetting thing. I have that, uh, I think I think that is actually really helpful. Yeah, me too. Like I'm, I'm not emotionally bound to, you know, I've, things don't matter to me. Like, yeah. like I forget, yeah. uh, which is sometimes hard because when I get into an argument with somebody, mm -hmm. I forget about it, you know, yeah, like yeah, a week yeah. like, hey, how are you? And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I also, this is a bit darker, but I, I find like, um, I, I, I lost a very, I lost my very closest friend last year, mm -hmm. more than a year ago now, uh, and I've started now to forget him. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's gone, and I have to kind of... Um, Really? What do you mean? What do you mean? This is the visuals or the this new voice or everything? Oh, I think yeah. just just sort of because my life sort of revolved around him in quite a large way, um, and those patterns. So I, when something would happen, I would speak to him. I would speak to him before we went to sleep every day. When I, so we had all of these routines and patterns, and those immediately were gone, like they had never yeah. been there. So I didn't miss them. They were just gone. Mm. And now I don't remember his face apart from photographs. I have yeah. the composite photographs in my head. I don't remember his voice. I don't remember what it felt like to stand next to him. Um, and I have how long, to. How long is this ago? A year. It's eighteen months. Yeah. Yes, yeah. now. Um, and I have to really work at remembering. Okay, remember this specific occasion and remember like the real visceral how it felt to be next to him and to talk to him and to laugh and to. Is he in your dreams? No. That I wish he was. Might happen. That might take a while. That would be great. Actually, my, my dad died when I was a kid, and he is always in my dreams. Yeah. He's always popping up like, yeah, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've, because of this COVID, I'm having the weirdest dreams of my older friends, mm -hmm. who I also kind of totally forgot, and they're so... I, I really, really, you know, I really... I'm connected in my dreams with these wow. persons uh -huh. that I have to think like I should call him because you know yeah. he's such a great guy. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen him for twelve years or something, but he's such a great guy. I totally forgot about it. And did you call him? No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is really recognizable. My father died uh, in 2016, mm -hmm. and uh, to be honest, except for photographs, I really loved my dad. Yeah. Except for photographs, 
almost everything is gone. Yeah. Like there's no memories. But now he starts to appear in my dreams. And then it's like, oh yeah, that, that was the guy. This is how he was, you know, yeah. this is how he behaved. Uh, but yeah, you, it's also the world is changing so fast that you, my, my father died when Trump was just getting to be the president. Wow. And it's, I cannot imagine a world where he doesn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not part of this world where there's COVID and, and Trump and uh, right wing things and, and so that is also uh, blockading me from remembering my dad because he's yeah. not in this reality. Yeah, and and, and I remember this, this description of, of someone with ADHD being like a, a prisoner of now. Like there's no forward, there's no backwards. It's just right now. And you can't plan forwards and you can't... Someone, I heard it someone described as like no hindsight, no foresight, um, which sounds harsh, but I think there's an element of that. It's like the only thing that really exists for me is right now. Oh, I can't so plan. different for me. Oh God, I'm so jealous. No, yeah, you shouldn't be because it's horrible. I always live in the past. I have the feeling. I always yeah. everything that happens, there's a pattern in the past that, that reminds me of it. So uh, okay. even though I f forget a lot of things, like everything triggers me. It is totally random memories that pop up mm -hmm. and suddenly have a, a meaning. So even though I'm, for, you know, uh, even though the the hard drive is slowly getting erased <laughs> or really fastly yeah, erased, yeah. I am triggered all the time by memories like two. Oh yeah, and then this has happened, and I can get totally lost in this, in this, uh, uh, in these these weird memories. So it's like a kind of reminiscing daydream. Yeah, it's, it's like a radio that's, that's that that goes on forever. Wow. Like everything reminds me of something. Wow. Oh, well, yeah, this is an interesting thing that someone said on one of the other podcasts, which I think is really true, about non-neurotypical people making connections in different ways. To, yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of artists and, and designers and writers and stuff who are non-neurotypical, because one thing will set you off to something that appears unrelated, but Fire is in fact... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think all these neurons firing, up, firing yeah. off. And I think... That's really what a super powerful thing that that we have. Yeah, I I um that that is something that I have to get over right now. This superpower thing, because um, even though I'm not looking at things on the internet about ADHD, Instagram has learned I have ADHD. Uh -huh. So uh, I get these things on my feed that are about it. Where and, I, and, and like I think two weeks ago I saw this cringing, this cringe-worthy video of a guy making a song about how happy he is to to have ADHD and it made me cry, like it literally made me cry. Like he was, it's, it was this super American kind of a you know with humor and a guy making fun of how he forgets everything yeah. and, but it is a superpower because he can do all these uh. and he can play piano and a flute and uh. all this bullshit and it made me cry because I, I, I really I, I know that some parts of it are really nice like this fireworks thing yeah. like I can have an association and when I'm surrounded with people with ADHD you can share this uh, this fireworks, you know. You get you get somewhere really fast. Amazing, yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. But that is the weight of the rest mm. is much more for me personally mm. much more heavier the, than the benefits of this. And I think that's also something really common to people diagnosed later. 
because you haven't been given tools to to handle the things that you find difficult you've had to work it out for yourself Mm -hmm. or not as the case may be and I think if you were younger and you've been treated you can pick your behaviors up early when when you're young and you can you can retrain yourself but I think when you're older you have this when you are diagnosed you have this grief of looking back and thinking, if only I'd known, or what would have been different if I'd known. And a ferocious defense mechanism. Because, you know, my defense mechanism, also, that's also something that I I, I recognize in in Rob, Mm -hmm. this this super-powered defense mechanism against the world, Mm -hmm. that is is actually why I went to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, the weight of that defense mechanism, like, the tired, getting tired of pretending, getting tired of, you know, uh, playing these roles or tired of just getting tired of explaining myself or my projects or, or uh, these endless things I have to do. Uh, and this defense mechanism, yeah, 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 that is, that is, but, but you're right, that is, that is the, that's what happens when you get diagnosed later in life, you've developed a sort of a, you know, sort of a monster of, of, of uh, behaviors. Mm. And now it's time to unlearn these things and learn some more healthy ways to cope with these uh, these uh, things. So when I see people talking about the superpower of ADHD, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I like hanging around with people with ADHD, but to be there out there in the world with people who don't have it is fucking really, really, really uh, difficult. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. It sure is. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that my the thing that happened to me was super common is that when I was diagnosed my mum obviously was like oh oh right yes so and she would have been in her late more mid 60s I guess when she she was then diagnosed as a result of me um and she was devastated because she was at the end of her career or towards the end of her career by then she's a musician um and she just sat down with me once and talked about all the opportunities that she'd missed for stupid things like timekeeping for your musician, your timekeeping, it has to be good, you can't be late for the concert. Um, and all of these really stupid little minor things that had got in the way of her career. And she just, she, she was grief stricken about it. When she looked back, her life said, I know, I know now when there's no point in knowing. Yeah. Which was, oh, I remember her saying that was like a, like a knife, like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But I mean, she's—it's interesting because she, similar to you, from the outside looking in at you, mm-hmm. you're fantastically successful. Um, that's how it appears. You can shaking your head right now, but that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, same with someone like Rob. Same with like you're at the top of your profici- profession. Profession. Um, the same with my mum. That mm-hmm. she was the top of her profession. But like underneath, it's like a swan kind of. This sort of oh, that's, yeah, that's, with with, uh, the, with crazy feet underneath, but looking all kind of. That's you know. a super good. That's a fantastic uh, uh, visual. Yeah. yeah, an elegant swan with ugly feet. Going like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm a swan. <laughs> fuck my feet. Fuck. I can't find my fucking keys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's so fascinating that that huge disparity between the way you appear. To other people and the, and the way that you feel about yourself. That's what I'm talking about. This is that ferocious uh, self-defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You're you're kind of looking at it, 
You're not, you, you are not because you have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. But other people just see that, just see this defense uh, uh, mechanism. Yeah, I, I, was, I find not all people with ADHD, I, I didn't clock you at all. Although when you told me, I was like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but the, with Rob, I remember walking and being like, oh, hi, person with ADHD, <laughs> how's it going? You said that to him? I, I said to him, but not straight away, but about a week later, I was like, can I ask you a question? Do you have ADHD? And he was like, yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, because I feel... It's like, like taking ecstasy, right? Yeah, all of a sudden, you, you know everybody in the yeah, room yeah. Has, who it's is also... Because it's vibrating, right? <laughs> so I, I, feel like, um, I feel like people with ADHD, especially with a lot of hate, like Rob, uh-huh. they're, they're like um, electric fences, like... Uh, yeah. all the time there's this like yeah. vibe coming off of them and there's the, just the tension and that I'm also a bit like that and I can go like yes then that electric fence merges with each other and like hello yeah, we have something in nice. common yeah that's nice I don't get it with everybody but definitely with a lot of people there's this kind of feeling of a I don't know electricity connection I, I know I love it can I tell you a weird story which is a little bit apart from this? Go for it. But I was at, when I left the company at uh, Flisco uh-huh. for four and a half years, uh, I was, we, we, we were working on a monumental piece of the building. Uh-huh. We had a, we had an office, a monument uh, office with a beautiful floor, which was uh, uh, concrete mm-hmm. with layers of paint on top of, uh, of it. Mm-hmm. And I was working there for four and a half years, sitting on the same spot and, and I carved a perfect circle. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was gone, <laughs> where my, my chair was, there's a perfect circle and carved in the floor forever because I am just so nervous all the time. I was just, you know, even now, you know, I don't know if you know, but I'm just going all the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all the way. But I carved out the perfect circle in the, in the floor. That's beautiful. And Michiel was here. In a sort of a 70 year old floor. Wow. <laughs> That's a physical manifestation of the internal yeah, weapons of saw, your when mind. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's me. That, 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 that is, I understand what that is about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that it was a perfect circle as well. That also seems uh, yeah. really delightful. <laughs> yeah, that, that ties in with the where, uh, where people think I was having autism. Like, yeah, that is like, Michiel, you, you created a circle on the floor yeah, yeah, in yeah. four and a half years. What's wrong with you? This is <laughs> your, your inner world, externalized. <laughs> Because, yeah, autism would, if you'd said to me also, I have autism, I'd have been like, yeah, I could also see that. Yeah, um, but there are things that are uh, really, really different. Yeah, from, uh, well, they're, 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 there's not much talk nowadays of actually the, the relation between autism and ADHD, mm-hmm. but it used to be that ADHD was a, considered to be a subtype of yeah. autism. Yeah. Um, and I think we don't talk about that now, and, and I, I know, anecdotally at least, so many relationships between people with ADHD and people with autism. Um, it seems very common. Uh, and it, I find it yeah, really something I would like to learn more about, the, the yeah. relation between the two. But you, you are married to somebody with, yeah. in, this, in the autism spectrum, I right? Am, yeah, yeah, so do you feel you are like Lego connecting yeah. uh, neurally? Um, not in the same way as if you had ADHD. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have that like immediate, like, hey, let's yeah. go and like, get obsessed with something and then burn a burn a you know building down yeah and then uh, do something else yeah <laughs> because it's boring yeah exactly that hey how do you feel about going to vegas right now i've got a friend there let's go mm-hmm. um he's not like that um but um i think 
we're the opposite of each other in a perfect way. So he stops me doing stupid shit yeah. or asks me, are you sure you want to do that? Because last week you wanted to do this. Yeah. And he, he doesn't mind whatever I do. He's just checking. Um, and also for, for him, I get him to calm down about stuff. I'm like, yeah. hey, don't worry about it. Come on, let's just go. Just put yeah, it on the floor. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Don't worry Take about it. Take out the, uh, the, the, the phantom. Uh, yeah, just yeah. a little the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I think people with ADHD often are um, extremely sensitive to others. Yeah. Um, and extremely accepting of others. Yes. Which is helpful if you have an autistic person because you just say, oh, this is what you need. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. And you understand, I think it's easy often to understand and to empathize with what's going on for them. Yeah, 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 I recognize that. Yeah, yeah. It, that's another really beautiful thing about ADHD, actually, I think. That is true, yes. The emotional kind of... Um, what do you think it is? Is it because we're busy? Is it, I'm wondering, is, does it really have to do with ADHD or is it because we've been... Uh, Victims is maybe a strong word, but are we... Complicated lives. Yeah. Is that because of ADHD or that we recognize how hard it is to have a complicated life? Um, I, I think it's ADHD because I didn't realize that I had a complicated life until I was diagnosed yeah, in my late right. 20s. Yes. Um, <laughs> but also, I've always been able to... Um, even when I was really little, really small, I could um, immediately empathize with people... And I was good at telling what people's intentions were. Yeah. And I was, I've always been kind of preternaturally good at that. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'm not good at it and I get myself in trouble. But yeah, 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 yeah. I recognize that. And I guess that would also help with being a teacher, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've, uh, um, I have, yeah, I've, uh, for me, uh, having a new class. I, I just, I really, really see these, sometimes people that are scared, especially in the first semester, mm -hmm. and I'm just, my, I think my first thing that I want to do is to make them less scared, and the second thing I want to do throughout the year is give them control of whatever they're doing, mm -hmm. and it has to go slowly because they just come out of these stupid school systems where they have to do homework, which I think homework is a terrible, terrible, oh, terrible. It's such a stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, it it doesn't help anything. Homework is is re I've I've suffered my life because of homework. <laughs> yeah, homework screwed me up. Yeah. Like that was the, the the number one factor that yeah. fucked me up is homework. But so I really hate it. So I'm, but I'm also fairly new at this. I don't know if I've been only teaching for four years now. Okay, right. So um, every year I I make sort of a, a little. Uh, plan for mm -hmm. myself like how am I going to do it this year mm -hmm. and uh, this first semester of this year I was doing a whole summer with no homework yeah, I yeah. see how it goes the other class told us that yeah and that was that was kind of fantastic but I'm I'm the range is limited yeah I have to yeah so I have to figure this out yeah and it's also frustrating because I feel like, like, please, I can't do any more after no. I've done nine hours at school. Yes. I can't. No. But at the same time, I want to go deeper with things and to, to make things more complicated and more yeah, time-consuming. Yeah, you need to, you need to uh, have to have some depth in your work. Yeah. Um, but, I'm, you know, I see this as a, maybe a 10-year project mm -hmm. where I'm going to slowly devise a system where people work 
and I coach them. How do you mean? Well, so there's no homework. Mm -hmm. They just work mm -hmm. during the hours that are, you know, set yeah. out for them. And I'll help them with yeah. whatever they're doing. And that, that's, that's how I want to... That sounds very simple, but it's fucking complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I want to I do this. Kind of like a steering people on their individual projects and... No, just, just talking about... Because in the first year people said to me, Michiel, I'm stuck, so I'm stuck. Mm. You know, I'm stuck. I, 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 the, the project ended because I'm stuck. And mm. then I have to learn, yeah, well, that is just part of the process. You, yeah. do, you know, now we can talk about how, how do you get unstuck. Because if you know how to get unstuck, it's not a problem anymore. Because yeah, yeah. you will always get stuck, so let's sure. talk about it. Sure. You know, so... Um, yeah... That is, uh, and you know, seeing people in class having difficulties because of personal issues or, you know, or uh, things that they, yeah, that's in their personalities. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's ADHD in some cases. In some cases, I don't, just don't know. I want to learn how to, yeah, how, how I can help these people better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's so tricky. I think about that sometimes. If I was a teacher, what would I do? For people with ADHD and I kind of think when I look at the things that I find difficult there's not really a, a fix for that like I, I find it difficult to get started okay. well one one thing maybe that helps is to see some people as forces of nature mm -hmm. like you know it, it's I think it's kind of okay that you have hey there's this there is Jantje there's Pietje and there is a hurricane <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a fucking you know uh, <laughs> And that's, I think that that's fine. Yeah. I, I, we, I, I also feel that we as teachers have to learn how to, uh, how do, what are we going to do with the hurricanes? Yeah, because yeah. we don't want them not to be hurricanes. Yeah, it's, it's very true. fascinating it's to, for them to be hurricanes. Yeah. So let's deal with it. Yeah, I remember actually, I wonder if Rob was doing the same thing with me once in last year. And I made the first time I ever screen printed and everything was covered in fingerprints. And I, yeah. you know, I'd got it, my hair in it. And like, it was a... Kind of horrendous mess, yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, I made them. They're nice, but they're so messy. And he's like, It's fine that they're messy. That's you. Yeah. And you think, Oh yeah, right. Of course. It seems obvious, but actually, it wasn't because I've spent so many years knowing that 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 side of me is wrong and bad. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember our lessons from last year, but you came in, you created a bunch of screen prints. Oh, yeah. I've never said anything to you about these, really about these screen prints or. I, I was just trying not to hold you back and see where it is at. Yeah, I was obsessed with that project. Yeah, I could see that, so that's fine. I mean, you know, I mean, in my, in my logic, that is a student that is going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though y you cannot explain where it's going, I don't really, I don't really care. I've, I'm, and I, but that's also because I have the luxury that I'm a first year image teacher. Yeah. So it is different when I have to teach people typography yeah, yeah, yeah or it is different when i have to peop, uh, teach people graphic design yeah which i did in the first uh, in the first year of my career i did one year of graphic design mm -hmm. totally different ball game mm -hmm. then i really have to work with homework yeah. i really have to come up with con you know they have to come up with ideas yeah. concepts so i have the luxury to be an image uh, teacher so mm -hmm. i can also say hey, we are going to do everything in class because we are going to do collages. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Better than fine, it's actually really fantastic. Mm. Uh, so I'm also in a good position as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 
so it was at the KBK you were teaching design for the first year? Yeah. 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 And it was what too too much precision or too less freedom because there's kind of practical things you need oh, to no, teach wait, people. Don't get me wrong. I really love graphic design as a as, as a profession also. Sure. Yeah. So for me, it was easy to to get into that passion mm-hmm. and it, and this precision. But the whole system of what you expect from your students is different. Right. Like okay, you need to have homework. Yeah. And we need to you know. Uh, it's, it's it's just really different and now i'm have the luxury to be the image teacher where i can say okay guys it's a sunny day i've never done that actually but it's a sunny day outside i'll let do something outside i've never done that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, must, it must be great I, 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 and and did you did you want you wanted to be a teacher you said yeah i wanted to be a teacher because my dad was also in some part of his life a teacher mm-hmm. that made a huge impression on me and um uh, uh, people always come to me for uh, I've, I've been doing workshops for a long time mm. but also my colleagues come to me when they have problems and mm. they want to you know they want me to, to explain something to them so explaining stuff is natural to me yeah. so I thought okay let's have a whole class of people to explain to perfect mm-hmm. okay so um, we've over talked obviously oh, shit, yes. <laughs> of course um, but so just a final question do, do you know what's next for you in terms of ADHD? Ooh, I, I think I'm, I have to go through these stages of, you know, denial, grief, yeah, anger, yeah, all yeah. these things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So these things, are they'll come first. I, um, the way I've been dealing with ADHD the last years have been to restrict myself of everything. I quit drinking. Mm-hmm. I quit smoking mm-hmm. ages ago, but that's a good example. I go to bed at 11 and I wake up at 8 every day. I, uh, uh, I'm st- I've started to do exercises and yoga. Mm-hmm. I eat healthy. So uh, even though all these things are very beneficial for my health mm-hmm. and what I'm doing, I am slowly getting crazy because I don't have uh, an outlet for my energy anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, drinking and hanging out with people has been a, a, a fantastic outlet for my this, this hurricane that's inside of me. Yeah. But not right now, this hurricane is always inside me, and it yeah. doesn't come out. It, it, I really something I've really noticed is that physical exercise is unbelievably powerful, even if you don't really yeah. like it, like if you don't really like sporting or whatever. But just like I have a friend with ADHD who's obsessed with roller skating. He's our age, That's and he nice. roller skates, and he just like, so it's motion, and his brain is free, and he goes, mm. and he roller skates to work 10 k each way every day. Yeah. And he has not been able to do it recently because of the winter, the weather, and he's going crazy. Like yeah, it's, it's I, I've, I've been skating for twenty five years. Oh, oh, you you're the skateboarder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I recognize. I I really also understand why it's healthy for someone with ADHD because you if you don't focus you just land on your teeth (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's really healthy but I'm 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 missing this so uh, the 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 big question I'm going to ask to my therapist Mm -hmm. is what can I do with this hurricane inside of me and please help me because I, I, uh, I I really miss an outlet. I'm a volcano that is just yeah. 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 Yeah, teaching helps by the way. That is one of the that's one of my releases. Wow. 
because I can talk to so many people and they come up with interesting problems that I have to solve. So yeah. I'm all the, my brain is super activated. Yeah, stimulation. Yeah, stimulation. Yeah. But that's the only thing, to be honest. The rest uh, is uh, really boring life. Yeah, corona times are not helpful for people with ADHD, I find. No, it's not. It, I'm itself in... Uh, in oh, of course, because you have these, these um, yeah, yeah, rigid yeah. rules for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes you just need to... It's such a weird balance, because you do need to be able to break loose and do a lot of crazy shit. But if you do too much of that, then your life just falls to pieces. Yeah, exactly. I've 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 had some so many self-destructive behaviors in the past mm. that I I need somebody to explain me. Okay, what can I do that I really enjoy? And it's not you know it's not pinball or the, or, mm. or roller skating or these. Mm. I really need an outlet yeah. for uh, yeah for, for for this this energy inside of me. Mm. Uh, so that is uh, that is really the first question I'm going to ask to my therapist. And and would you? If they offer you medication, will you take it? You think? Uh, I will definitely uh, try it. Mm. Yes, yeah. if that. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, absolutely, I'm not. I'm absolutely not against it. Uh, but if that is their answer to this hurricane, mm-hmm. then I'm not satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it w- in my experience, it won't fix the hurricane anyway. No, but if they say, okay, Michiel, here's your outlet in a box of pills. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, now I'm back to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, the, I, I can't take stimulant medication, it seems, because it, it has terrible side effects with it, but it still works. Yeah. And I remember this super vivid, I, think I was like 26 or 7 when I was first diagnosed and I took the medication. And I would wake up in the morning this really strong visual image of what it was like that the day in front of me was like a, a field with stones around the edge and it had loads of little pieces of paper all over it which were all the things I needed to get done and I would open my eyes in the morning and look at the bits of paper and then a wind would come through and pick them up and they'd all be like running, flying around the air and I'd have to jump and randomly pick them out that's my life uh, and then I took medication and it was like someone just came, the ravens came and put a little stone on each piece of paper oh and I could walk around and look at it and You're place so it in order. You're so good birds in your visuals, oh, like no, swans and ravens. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with birds, oddly. I've made friends with all the ravens off uh, the back of our back. Well, that's a really good, that's a really strong visual there. And and it's it's overwhelming, it's life-changing. Mm. Um it will be so interesting to, to see how that works for you. It doesn't work for everybody, and unfortunately it doesn't work for me. No. Um, but, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think we're we're more than done, way more than done. Oh, oh, I'm so sure. sorry, how Niels. <laughs> how long did we talk? It's an hour and 20. Is it, how long, how long to long is that? How long it's, to long is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 25-30 minutes. So I'm sorry, oh, Niels, okay. who has to do the editing. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we go? Anything we missed? Nope. Uh, except that we should play pinball sometimes. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. Have you been to the museum in Rotterdam? Yes. Oh, of course you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> it's the best. Okay, last question. What's the best What's the best pinball machine? Uh, that would be High Speed 2, The Getaway. <gasps> totally agree. Oh, <laughs> no bells and whistles, man. It's just pure. Fuel, fuel, fuel. Okay, now, listeners, we're going to go and probably have an obsessive pinball conversation, but you don't need to hear that. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and um, thank you, Mikhail. Yeah, you're welcome.